This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, the latest news this morning from the Israeli-Palestine war, as it's called, is that the Israelis are now attacking hospitals. They've attacked three hospitals, two of them children's hospitals. It's extraordinary, and it is, I think, part of the ethnic cleansing or even maybe a genocide that is being committed in Palestine. It is not being reported very well in the British newspapers, the British press, and British broadcasters in particular, and it's rather shocking. So therefore, it's a great pleasure to welcome to the stand Peter Auburn. Peter is one of the great British journalists of his generation. He left conventional journalism when he resigned as chief political commentator from the Daily Telegraph in 2015. He's twice been journalist of the year in Britain in different categories, he now writes a political column for Middle East Eye, which you can get online and which is very good, and a diary column for Byline Times. He's also done brilliant work about Boris Johnson, a former friend of his from his days as a spectator, political correspondent. The Assault on Truth, Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, and the Emergence of a New Moral Barbarism was one of the books published in recent times. He also writes about cricket. Peter, that last book you wrote, The Assault on Truth, Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, and the Emergence of a New Moral Barbarism, seems particularly relevant to what we're witnessing in the Middle East at the moment. If you substituted the name Joe Biden for Donald Trump, you'd have it. Yeah, Joe Biden, I'm afraid, who I had great admiration for. Me too. In many ways, has has had, uh, you know, he's 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 constantly got uh, made said, said untruths. Uh, somebody said once, actually, the first casualty of war is truth. Yes, uh, and and Biden, unfortunately, has has fallen for that. Yeah, one of the things the Israelis have done. Now I know you're in Nablus on the West Bank, and that is the story. That has been continuing. It's away from Gaza in terms of the, the central narrative of this dreadful war. But there are terrible things happening on the West Bank. And it, it would be fascinating for you to tell us 
what the Israelis are doing on the West Bank and also Netanyahu's government and its composition with far-right settlers in it. And some of them, one, one of them saying he was proudly a fascist and a homophobe. Yes, that was Smotrich, the, uh, who's the finance minister, but also in charge of menacingly of the civil administration. Uh, of the, of the West Bank. He, uh, he, these are, he comes from something called the, he's a leader of something called the Religious Zionist Party. Uh, and, uh, meanwhile, the Minister of National Security is, is Imar Ben Gavir, who, um, comes from the, what he calls itself the Jewish Power Party. And he, these are both far right ideologues, um, uh, uh, bigots. Uh, I don't think they'd be allowed. You know, preachers of hate. Yes. And um, it's you know, Netanyahu gave them these very powerful positions in the in his government last late last year as part of the coalition, and he needed the support of the far right to keep himself in power and out of the, out, of, out of the hands of the courts. By the way. Um, in order to survive. And so the West Bank, where I am now, uh, Nablus is in the north of the West Bank, um, quite an isolated town surrounded uh, by settlements uh, and by military uh, positions, is one of the areas where the uh, Israeli settlers who are enfranchised and empowered by the Netanyahu government and have the support of the army uh, are raiding uh, as we speak, actually, you know, a daily basis, the villages right here and across the rest of the rest of the West Bank. Yes, I, I mean this is effectively ethnic cleansing, isn't it? Uh, they're forcing the Palestinians out with the intention of building an extension of Israel for themselves. Well, they don't make any uh, bones about it that they believe that this is their biblical. In inheritance, the, the the West Bank belongs to them, uh, um, uh, and the, these these ex- extreme settlers who are supported by the government is you know they're not like you can't dislocate them, you can't pretend that they are operating on their own. For them, and indeed for Netanyahu, the West Bank, where uh, you know four million, I think it is, Palestinians live and have lived since time immemorial, uh, families. Um, for, for the likes of Netanyahu, Ben Gavir, Smotrich, and Co., this and the settler movement that the this area is is belongs to to Israel, and that has been one of the consequences of the Hamas atrocities. By the way, let's not forget that. No, no, and I think I began when we started covering this by saying that on October the 7th, what we saw was a terrorist atrocity that was shocking and disgusting, because it was. However, what we're looking at now is, it seems, and our own Prime Minister, our own Taoiseach, uh, Leo Varadkar, said, it's beginning to look like vengeance. And that's what we're seeing playing out. And at the moment, we're moving towards 11,000 lost lives in Gaza, also, incidentally, and I'm sure you know this figure, 89 people working for the UN, working as medics, and also, of course, 36 journalists. No Western journalists are allowed into Gaza, but Palestinian journalists are dying every day. Yes, uh, it's, it's a. In fact, the, the, the death toll is 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 higher than 10,000. I think it's 
remember, a lot of bodies are under the rubble, and the latest yes. uh, reports are really horrible. I mean, you know, you there's a stench of death because you can't get the bodies out of the rubble. The water supply is basically done, so you're drinking filthy water. Now you think about the possible, you know, the sewage situation. Yes. Uh, uh, and so now disease is, is spreading. Um, uh, there's very little food. The hospitals are very largely destroyed and so on and so forth. So it's, it's hell on earth. It's Dante's Inferno now in, in Gaza and where I am in the West Bank, although the situation of, you know, in many villages I've been in, I personally visited is wretched. Uh, you know, the, what you are not, it, it is literally hell on earth. And, you know, we didn't realize, you know, it's cheered on this situation cheered on by the, you know, what the powers which call themselves civilized America. Yeah. With not Ireland, why Leo Varadkar, I think, the Irish have emerged with moral distinction from this awful moment. Yes, and I just want to ask you about the settler situation and the Palestinian population. This is, I read a very poignant story the other day. This is the olive growing or picking season, this is when this crop is ready to be uh, harvested. And whilst Palestinians are trying to harvest their crop, they're being picked off by settlers with guns backed up by Israeli soldiers. That kind yes, of it, terrorism. It couldn't, it's heartrending, actually. I, I went, you know, they, they've, the first thing they did is, and they've been doing this for years, by the way, there's the uh, the seizure yes. of Palestinian land, but it's really intensified. And so I went to uh, a village in, in up, up in the South Oakbourne Hills, which I know well. I've been there before. So there's, uh, that settlers are always trying to grab the land, but this time they come and grab all their land uh, in this very remote village. Uh, then they so you can't harvest you can't harvest the olives, which is the central part of the whole. Yes, uh, agricultural. I have that rural. piece in front of me, actually, that you wrote. It's it's brilliant uh, and heartrending. And I find and I'm now I'm in Nablus in the north, whereas Hebron Hills are in the towards the south of of Palestine, and and it's the same story. The settlers, I guess, go out that go out to the fields of M16 uh, machine guns and spray at the spray at the villagers. Uh, they use bulldozers to knock down their agricultural buildings. They go into the villages with these machine guns and spray at the water tanks with their guns. They butt and beat up the villagers. They, they want them to leave. because And already 13 villages, according to Beth Salem, which is an Israeli human rights organization, or herding communities, as they're called. These are very ancient communities, really dating back to the time of Christ and beyond. This is you know, these lovely, beautiful rolling hills, they're being, they're being uh, wiped off. All they're being destroyed, they're being forced to leave because of the pressure. And, and, and their children are traumatized because I, one of these villages I walked in and I land arrived in the four-wheel drive, you know, and you're very privileged. And, and, the, and the boy sort of shied away from me and grimaced. And that's because, you know, they're traumatized. They, they, they've seen their fathers being beaten up and yes. their mothers hit and, and they've seen all the violence done around them and they're terrified now of, of strangers. Let me ask you about, we uh, spoke to Avi Schleim, Professor Avi Schleim, who is uh, Jewish. He's at Oxford University. He served in the Israeli army. He believes 
that the Jewish people have the right to the state of Israel. However, he did explain to our listeners and to me something of the history, and he also explained the distinction that has to be made, anyone trying to understand this, this terrible war, between Judaism and Zionism. And he went back to 1948. And I note in a piece you wrote, you, you say what we might be witnessing on the West Bank is a repeat of the Nakba. And now the Nakba dates back to 1948 when three quarters of a million Palestinians were driven from their homes. Can you explain that to us and how it's relevant to now and the West Bank? Very much so. And actually, uh, uh, anybody listening who, who would like to read about the history of this sort of conflict, uh, you know, Abby Schlem's The Iron Wall uh, and his other books, are, he, he is the best. Yes. He is the great historian of Israel. There's none like him. Uh, yes. Well, there are some very great writers, but I think he's at the, the, the pinnacle. Um, and so you really did well to get him on. And anybody who hasn't listened to what Abby Schlein had to say. Uh, it's up there, the and it's they not should, hard to find. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so the Nakba in date is, is 1948, after the British mandate fell apart or collapsed, really. Um, it's, it's important to understand, and anybody with an interest in the truth should read around it, that this is a very contested uh, event. For, for Israel, the Nakba, they call it the uh, a War of Independence. And in, in after the creation of modern uh, Israel in, in 1948, um, it was legally recognized internationally. There was an Arab invasion, um, uh, and they, uh, Israel fought off uh, the Arab armies. Now, for the Palestinians, they, they, they say that their account is that their people were driven out of their villages and their towns. In that, and there were these long marches, and they, they ended up as refugees in Gaza or in, uh, Lebanon in some cases, and in the West Bank in Jordan. Um, uh, and this was a great national tragedy. And uh, and this, the uh, by that talking about here, is was across uh, hundreds of villages in 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 what is now Israel. Yes, uh, Avi Schleim's book I, I is very very strong on it. Uh, gives gives a very balanced account, I think. Uh, Ilan Pape, another Israeli historian, well, an Israeli historian, Ilan Pape, has written a book called The Ethnic Cleansing uh, of, of Palestine, which goes into the details of the massacres and the pre-planning uh, of this expulsion of the uh, of the Palestinians from their from their homes. Uh, and it's uh, as far as the Palestinians are concerned, it is a Nakba because that is the end of the lives they, 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 they were brought up to, the, their ancestral homes and so on. Now, let me ask you, uh, Peter, about what we are witnessing. I know, I, and I don't like to throw around words like ethnic cleansing or the idea of a genocide, and I want to ask you in a moment about the British government, um, and in particular, Suella Braverman and the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. But before we get to that... Are we witnessing ethnic cleansing in the West Bank? And are we witnessing war crimes and a genocide in the land invasion of the Israelis over the past 10 or 12 days as they level Gaza? Yeah, yeah start with the West Bank because it's probably yes. the easier to answer. 
there has been ethnic cleansing going on in the West Bank for a long time. That is the uh, the destruction, and the, the removal of people from the villages uh, where they or the homes which they live in, and uh, that is accelerated a lot. Uh, in the last uh, four weeks. Yes. Uh, forcible displacement of peop- people in an occupied area is a war crime. Yes. Apart from being a, a immoral and foul thing to do, it's a war crime. This is happening uh, acro- across the West Bank. Not, an, not yet on an enormous scale, but this is what is happening. Yes. Uh, and it is part of a pattern that going back decades. Now, the if you look at the what is happening in Gaza, it's more difficult, partly because we we don't know very clearly what's going on. Um, there are no Western reporters there, but you can certainly say that many Israeli uh, senior figures uh, have used genocidal language. You know, they've talked yes. about every Palestinian, you know, being, the Palace, Gaza being eliminated, and uh, this reference to Amalek by. Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister, was was hideous. Um, and then this disgusting language from the uh, Defence Minister, you know, he, they were dealing with human animals and so on. Yes. This is genocidal language. Now, whether a genocide, uh, a Palestinian say there was a, a genocide is going on. Uh, I'm not a, not an expert on definitions. I mean, t- uh, it's, you know, at least 10,000, probably more like 15,000 people have been killed, including 5,000 or so more, I should think, by now, children in, in indiscriminate, what is largely indiscriminate killing, although the Israelis uh, ex- insist there is a, a plan and uh, to what they're doing and they're being uh, proportionate. Uh, it's very hard to, to see that's the case in, in, in my view. Plus the sort of sort of, well, you know, the removal of the basic communities of life, electricity, food, water, and so on. I, I would use the term uh, genocide. I, I would, would use the term mass slaughter of civilians yes. on an epic scale. I mean, this is, you know, the you know journalists, is it something like 40 journalists have been killed? Yes. The, the UN has suffered terrible losses. You know, the, the, these these small children who die are not are not fighters. Uh, yes, Israel has the the right to 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 respond to what the the atrocities in, on the seventh of October. Yes, but this is uh, I think that find it very hard to see this as a proportionate or a humane response. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Let me ask you about the bigger picture here, and it relates to Joe Biden, President Joe Biden. Now, it is uh, has to be said that Biden, throughout his 40-something years, in politics in the Senate, has been an ardent supporter of Israel. The question, I suppose, in that context is, which Israel did he support? Is he supporting this one or a previous one? However, uh, the question is also about the British government, the government of the United States, and the president of the European Union, uh, Ursula von der Leyen, going to Tel Aviv and expressing her unqualified support for what Israel is doing. Is the West here, the West that so eagerly supported Ukraine and continues to in its fight against Russia, although ironically Zelensky is supporting Netanyahu, are we getting into a a space here, Peter, in your view, where the West is spilling draining its moral authority away because they are a party to what we are witnessing and are going to continue to witness on what Netanyahu promises will be a long war that will really turn Gaza into dust. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, to my mind, the West is complicit in the massacres which are taking place daily now. My country, Britain, to my horror, actually, the United States, where you know, really, I mean, it's very hard to say anything, uh, any criticism of Israel at all without being sort of banned, isn't there? A senator yes. who's been stopped from speaking. I mean, it's... Um, the, so, he, 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 I, I think there is something disastrous for the West. Around yes. the world, they see these bodies being pulled out of buildings, clearly civilians or children, uh, and this is being uh, being approved of by the West, and we always uh, maintained that we were, you know, the, the standing up for human rights uh, uh, and freedom, uh, etc. Yes. Uh, and the world looks on, and I think this is a, a turning point, probably, and the will be seen by historians as a turning point in the history of the world because yes. our moral authority has gone. I mean, uh, for me, I've been British, you know, our Prime Minister, Sunak, giving our, of course he was right to give support but to, to uh, sympathy, deeper sympathy, etc., to Israel, but to give it our unequivocal support, which is not withdrawn. So we're, and there's also military stuff being sent to the Eastern Mediterranean, and, uh, you know, they're trying to, you know, they're really trying to stop marches in favor of you know, in protest against this, although they haven't succeeded. I mean, I, I think the this British government, it's it's awful, actually, what they've done. And well done, Ireland, actually, for 
you really, uh, Mr. Varadkar is a real hero of mine. Yeah. I have to say. <laughs> well, he, he, with the Irish people, as you, I think, said to me before we began this broadcast, have our own experience of imperialism and indeed famine and all the other things that uh, the British visited upon us. Let me ask you about a column you wrote for the Middle East Eye, and I won't keep you much longer, uh, Peter, because we really appreciate uh, your pre- your presence on the podcast. You wrote about Suella Braverman, something that resonated with me, which was that she was a racist and that she re- reminded and was close to the views of the now infamous Enoch Powell, who talked about rivers of blood if black and people were allowed to continue coming to Britain. Uh, she really is on a roll now. She talks about people in tents sleeping on the streets and having chosen a life. It was an, a lifestyle choice. And she is, has stoked up Britain to such an extent that the Armistice Day, Saturday and Sunday, actually, remembering the war dead in Britain is in danger of, you know, becoming enmeshed with a pro-Palestinian Palestinian march, which is taking place some way away. But she has criticized the chief of the Metropolitan Police. She is out of control, it seems to many people, and Sunak is unable to deal with her. How big a problem is she on a weekend like this, for example, that is potentially explosive? Yeah, well, uh, it's horrifying. Uh, and I, I, It's very uh, significant. It's a move towards authoritarianism. Nicholas Soames, Lord Soames now, who is the grandson of Winston Churchill and uh, went on the radio, he said, uh, you know, that this is what we fought for in World War II was the right to yes. protest, whether or not you agree with those protests or not. We have the right to do so. And for the um, Home Secretary to call these people on the way on the march, which, by the way, include my wife and daughters, and I would have been on it yes. if I was in London, um, it is absolutely hate marches. It is damnable. Yes. Um, and it's as far as I can see, what she's trying to do is is, is rile or wind up the far right in this in Britain, that yes. is to say, uh, and actually to endanger the Palestinian marchers. Yes. And then, to, then she will somehow seek to blame the police or uh, or the marchers to uh, you know blame them for the, any violence. It's it's incredibly reckless. She's, she's totally unfit for office, and the fact that Rishi Sunak. Uh, who has been a tremendous, he, he has no moral, he's a moral nullity, I'm afraid, <laughs> Rishi Sunak, unlike your uh, Tishik, who I, I wish I, I start to wish I was Irish, to be honest. Uh, and um, It can be arranged, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for, for Sunak not to instantly sack Braverman, is uh, is shameful now the uh, is and wrong. It's just a question of simple rights uh, and wrong, and it's part of uh, Sunak's electoral strategy, which is to try and win over the right the votes of the. Every country has a a, a minority of far right, semi fascist in some cases, uh, voters and de- and demagogues and populists, uh, and part of the art of government. And it has been we've had this stuff in Britain. One thinks of Mosley in the 
thirties and the national yes, funds in the nineteen eighties. Is is to keep is is not to suck up to them, but it's. Uh, I I believe to end on a hopeful note. I think Britain won't put up with it. We yes. are not ultimately a fascist country, no, no, or a far right country. No, no, we no. will. We don't. We will, unlike I think some European countries which may go that way. I think we won't put up with it. But it's a very sad and horrible moment in British history. A final question, Peter. People ask, what about the day after this moment in which Israel has declared war and we we don't know where we're going? Do they know where they're going? And what do you see after, if anything, that isn't deeply dark? Well, I mean, the dark prospect is that you will get a, a, a second Nakba. Palestinians say that it never ended and you'll get Yes. Expulsion of Palestinians from Gaza and the West Bank, which is starting to happen in each case. But I wonder, uh, I just end up on a hopeful note. I've had a lot of discussions with highly, quite influential in some cases, and, uh, and intelligent Palestinians with connections to all the political movements, including Hamas. And they are oddly, surprisingly optimistic that something positive can emerge from this current tragedy uh, in the sense of a perhaps a, a Palestinian state which can work. Uh, they feel that something, this change is being galvanized. It, it's, and they're talking about new leaders and, and uh, a new way forward. So let's pray for that. Okay, Peter, we're very grateful to you for joining us. Peter Oberon is one of the most distinguished uh, British journalists. He is the author of many books. His most recent book is called The Fate of Abraham, Why the West is Wrong About Islam. He writes a political column for Middle East Eye and a diary column for the Byline Times. Uh, he is always a very welcome guest on the stand. We're very grateful to Peter, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.